Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, depending on where you are in the world. But no matter what, happy Friday, everybody out there. I hope you are having a good week. I hope that this week has set things up for a great weekend for all of you out there. I'm Sean Cole with my good buddy, Billy Strange. We are here for today's edition of the Beyond the Sim. Billy Strange, how are you today? I am doing great. How are you? I am. I know that question. I know that answer. I am fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> There's no hint of sarcasm in there at all. None whatsoever. I turned my cameras a little on the red side today to emulate my feelings for the day. So oh, we'll see if I can keep my composure. Who knows? Camera. Um, so before we get to start, normally I turn right to Billy and ask you what you've been doing this week in sim racing. Uh, I'm going to start off with a, I should add a checklist here for the apologies that I'm about to lay down. Uh, apologize for not posting the show early because usually we have a little pre-show stuff going on on Twitch. We have chat going on before the show and everyone's probably wondering what's going on, where's the link, where's the link, and there was no link. We just went live instantaneously. Uh, so that's apology number two. Uh, one, apology number two. There will be no real news like we normally cover and that's because I've had a whole variety of issues and problems behind the scenes Related to computer, not personal. It's become personal. That's why I'm raging red. <laughs> but uh, uh, it's all been computer related, working on things, trying to get everything. I almost canceled the show because my news feed wasn't working. I couldn't get any of that. So that's going to be different. I'm going to apologize. Number three, I have nothing to talk about. I've had nothing but a week of frustration. I did do some driving, but I honestly can't even remember what I touched other than this computer and the amount of strength and, and, and that it took to not throw it through the wall. Um, that's all I can think about. So Billy's going to carry today's show. Thank you, Billy, for that. And uh, what else can I apologize? I'll, apolo the cause. I'll apologize in advance for my any negativity that I display today. Um, just know that I've had a rough few days. So that's that. Anyway, with that said, I, I, and there might be more apologies to come. I don't know. With that said, Billy Strange, <laughs> cheer us back up. What have you been doing this see. week? It sounds like our job today, ours and chat's job today, is to uh, to get you to not uh, obsess over this quite so much. Uh, but I am there with you. I've had PC problems. We'll get into that a little bit later. Last week, we talked about uh, WRC8. And so I finished my review, put that up over the weekend. Uh, I really like WRC8. I think, you know, I've got some minor issues with it like the options for field of view could be a little better seat position that kind of thing uh, but it's not atrocious and you can use I actually use the dash cam and then with the field of view for a dash cam then I pull the field of view back for the dash cam and it actually works pretty well because there's no wheel on the screen or anything like that so I really enjoy WRC it's uh it's got a lot of stuff in it for the people that don't like <laughs> I, it confuses me when people complain about adding something to the sim. Right. Game. Whichever way you choose to think of this. It's sim like game. you don't actually have to do it. So the career mode has those RPG elements in it. Okay. I like that kind of stuff. Sure. But there's rally. You can just run a rally championship. If you don't want to do that, because otherwise, if you didn't have that stuff in there, it'd be the same thing. There'd be really no purpose. You're just running right. a series of races. Sure, sure. That makes total sense. It's like so, that's already in the normal uh, uh, mode. 
so it would be redundant. Yeah, so you have that option, and it kind of confuses me when people start complaining about a, a thing that they don't have to do. It's an added thing. Um, so I, I in particular, like the idea of what they have in the career mode. I'm going to get back to playing it more. Uh, I just had a bunch of stuff to do this week. So did that. Ran some more on the V7 tires. And I don't know how I feel about them. <laughs> I think, like I stated last week, I think it is an improvement. But there's some... The way you do the brake with those tires, it's even more sensitive to me than the prior model tires. So... I still can't drive it as hard. Now, this is, I'm going to preface that this is on the road racing side. I still can't drive the car as hard as I'd like to. I'm not utilizing the brake like I should be. And I was hoping that that first iteration with the Skippy, uh -huh. I really had to use the brake. Okay. And it felt more like braking in a race car to me, from my experience in a race car, than it feel. Then now it feels more like a sim again where you have to be real nice and gentle and you, I mean, I push a little bit on the brake now and it just locks up mm -hmm. and yes, I can adjust all this stuff, but I, it, it just doesn't feel right. <laughs> so I don't like that about the tires. What I do like about the tires is they take, they might take a little too long, but they do take a while to warm up and get good. That's my favorite aspect yeah. of it. I mean, you know, coming off of driving a real track and getting the reminder of certain aspects of real life driving, um, it, that and then now it's like, okay, but I want flat spots. Um, you know, like at one point, a set of our tires got flat spotted. And so I got to drive a stint on some lumpy tires. And, and you know, it's it's such a huge factor, really. Um, so when we anyway, but but that's just one aspect. The the heating up is the other though, and just how sloppy and useless a car can be when you're trying to push it at race speeds. And I found on the Skippy it was it was over three laps. Uh, you know, at like a at Laguna, you know, where you're you're hitting those tires pretty good. Um, and uh, it it yeah, it just uh, took a long time, but it, it gave them more life. It made them feel more like a real tire to me uh in I would that agree with aspect that. yeah again hello to everybody in chat i know we had a a very abrupt start so people are joining as we're we're talking Theodore, i didn't even get to stream box bookmarks that's a, that'll be tested for later the, the, no, we didn't even get to that unfortunately um all right so yeah the i like the v7 tires um, did you try it on other cars other than the Skippy? Like, did uh... oh, I ran the GT1 cars primarily. Okay, I don't own the the F3. And what that was the the Corvette and the Aston. The Corvette which, and Aston Martin. Yeah, those are the two. Okay, I didn't. I haven't yeah, driven so those yet. I ran those. I ran specifically made sure that I ran those cars before mm -hmm. the update and then after. Uh, there are aspects that I like before. So I actually prefer the way I broke 
you know, did braking with those cars before. Uh huh. But I do like obviously the tire warming up. I think that's much better. The tire lifespan seems to be better before they fall off. I still want those tires to drop, start dropping off towards the end of a fuel run. And I haven't done a full fuel run, so I don't know how well those tires stay. Right. Uh, I noticed I was running my best laps at lap seven, eight, nine. So again, they might take a little too long to get to optimal temperatures. Right. Because anytime I've run done road racing, it doesn't take quite that long. No, again, and, 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 what compound they're basing it off of. Right. There's factors that I don't know. Is it supposed to be a hard compound tire? But I don't know what factors are, that they're using. Right. So I kind of give it a little bit of a grain of salt there. Like I give it a pass because I'm not totally sure where they're at. Uh, I can feel the car step out a little better. Mm-hmm. And I notice that my on throttle, if I start to spin the tire, I can hold. Right. I can modulate that right. better. Right. Uh, so I like that. Like there's more sidewall action out of the tire. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, it gives you a little bit better feeling about what the car is doing. Like I said, my only really criticism of it is under braking. I just don't, I'm not clicking with how it works under braking. I'm not doing the snap spin. Right. That can happen with the other tires, but I feel like I'm not able to utilize the brake as well as I did in the other, with the other tires. So it's, it feels odd in that respect. Everything else I I actually kind of like. The oval, I tried the K&N car. I really like it on the K&N car. I feel like I can really hustle the car, and it just doesn't die in three laps where all of a sudden you start skating around. It takes a while. Uh, so I did. I do enjoy that tire model on the K&N. Right. And so I can't wait till they implement that on the other <coughs> oval-style cars because I think it'll be good. Right. Um, um, a lot of people are asking about weather. Um, weather is definitely a factor in i racing, oh, yeah. and and especially in the relationship between the tire and the and the uh, the ground. I think even more so than any engine parameters. Like we don't retune our carburetors, you know, because of uh, well, how many? Car- yeah, there's still a lot of carburetors in i racing, uh, but we're not, you know, making ambient temperature changes to in uh, airflow, but we are making tire adjustments and setup adjustments. So there's definitely a correlation to temperature to the tires. Um, so that's definitely a factor. And, and Theodore, that is, you know, we can, we can attack that. We don't really have that well as scheduled a show today, funny enough, but uh, in a nutshell, I'll answer your question. Uh, Friday the 13th, full moon, Friday the 13th, by the way, the harvest moon, Friday the 13th. Um, how luck factor is involved into sim racing. And it's like luck is a huge factor in sim and real life racing period across the board. And you can be superstitious or not. Um, luck is also just saying odds, you know, so if you want to be mathematical and not mystical about it. But yeah, I mean, you put yourself in enough situation and odds are eventually something will go wrong. Um, and all those times that it went right, you could probably call it luck. Uh, you know, you could call it skill, but no, I, I think there's a, a huge amount of luck in racing and, and sometimes the, it's small luck and sometimes it's huge luck. Anyway, uh, uh, continue on tire model. My dad uh, used to beat it into me though. Luck is when preparation meets opportunity. <laughs> yep. Yep. I agree with that. Uh, so 
I did all that. Again, I liked the K&N car. I thought it was a really good improvement. Um, not that I didn't get along with the cars before, but there was definitely, like, this isn't exactly how tires work kind of thing, where now I feel like it's more normal to how a tire operates. And I just I just enjoyed making laps with the K&N car. Again, there could be exploits. You get, you know, you find some tire pressure that just allows you to have insane grip for, you know, 500 laps. Right. I'm being a little facetious here, but you know what I'm saying? I, I don't test to break it. I just get in and drive and see what, you know. Sure, and make changes to make it more drivable. You're not, and again, I think there are people who go right to the Achilles heel, go right for the exploits. You know, I, I'm assuming there's a good portion of people who the first thing they do is go to like zero rebound on all the shocks and, you know, and see what, it, and then go to right. 99% rebound you know just do the things that they know were exploitable and then they start looking for the other ways to exploit if those exploits don't continue to exist yes i i'm hoping Uh, that the new tire model removes because i think it was pretty general consensus that in iRacing you just drop tire pressure like period you know Mm -hmm. and it's like but that's not necessarily realistic i've never been in a race car that had like literally sloppy tires it's squishy (laughs) all over the place and it it, you know it can actually like if you uh lower the tire pressures too much in like a sprint car the tire actually folds in on itself right so you lose the surface of the tire you actually lose traction because then it springs and it kind of creates that kick sure and so, and yeah. on and and then you could probably do damage if you were waiting on a certain amount of air pressure to build up, you know, hot versus cold. Well, it's not that kind of differences, but it's like you can't go out with a tire that won't support you and then hope that that three degrees of temperature rise or five degrees lifts you in the air somehow, um, you know, because you'd, you'd hurt the tire before then. <laughs> so I, anyway, I, yeah, so I'm hoping that that's one thing. And, and again, I haven't tested those boundaries. All I've really done was driven it in the Skip Barber car, which I actually have, I've kind of been re-falling in love with the Skip Barber car as a racing series car. So while I've been searching for the next series that I would host for the Sim Pit on iRacing, because uh, we did ovals for a while. Anyway, I, I, now I'm kind of like, oh, I think it's going to be the Skippy. Between the new damage model, which will make it just a little more fun to watch replays, and the tire model, uh, I think it'll make for a lot of fun. Uh, and then I've driven the TCR, the Audi. and But the Audi was a little different because it being a completely new car, you don't have that comparison ability. Uh, it also being a front-wheel sure. drive car makes it a unique beast in its own uh so it's hard to say because you know if i compare it to like the jetta you know which there's no comparing it to the jetta but if you did <laughs> you know the, the the jetta had a lot of torque steer you know it was like oh wow this is a, a front wheel drive car you know uh, whereas the audi seems to drive really well balanced for a front wheel drive car and it's like, well, I'm assuming that's because it's a modern car versus the V-Dub is is quite dated and quite simple. And the Audi is a beast of a 350 horsepower racing machine. Um, and so it's like, yeah, well, it felt great. I love the car, by the way. It's really fun. Um, I don't like it. But, oh, you don't like it? I don't like it. Oh, uh, how come? It's kind of boring. Oh, see, I'm, I'm thinking at 350, it turns it into that... Uh, 
just fast enough to make uh, again i'm always looking for cars that race well together more than yeah, no. i i'm it. not I, I don't gravitate to that right a car has to be exciting and fun and it can provide close racing and for me i, I just don't like the way the car feels it's just i know i'm in the minority i understand i uh, just it's not it's just not my thing well i mean i as much as i like the car it's not preferable to a front engine rear wheel drive car of any kind to me um i mean but that's just sort of like well my point is is like i can go run the cars in race room Uh i enjoy running those cars okay so it's the the i-racing variation so it's the i-racing variation that i'm just that's an important fact (laughs) i just don't it's just not it's not for me and i know tons of other people are enjoying it and that's great the whole world's loving it it seems i know it's just i'm just not there you don't have to feel bad. <laughs> uh, I, well, you know, it's a little frustrating. I kind of, you know, I bought the car and the whole thing, and I'm like, oh, well, this is kind of. <laughs> um, um, I don't know if I di- I disagree with you in terms of just like that. I do feel again getting back to whenever I'm. I guess I I guess I've been on the quest for what cars I would race in a series because I'm always looking for that. And again, I want to force the Miata down everyone's throat because as much as everybody despises the Miata, I'm like, yeah, but you're never going to get a better race. So that's why I was like, oh, well, the Skippy is sort of like the open-wheeled version of the Miata. Right. Uh, we're going to get a great race because there just won't be a huge gap and you know it'll keep people close together um, versus fast cars. You know, We're going to be lapping the back markers on the third lap, <laughs> you know? Um, so so yeah, I'm like, oh well, this could be like that one step up, but still provide that great door to door racing. And maybe I didn't look at it so much from the entertainment. I totally, driver. I totally get it. Like it's gonna, from what I've watched, you know, random call signs in here. I've watched uh, RTA. Like I've watched several people run races. It looks fun. I just when I actually drive the car myself, right? It'd be regardless of the race. It's kind of like the Skip Barber. Running it with other people is fine. Like, there are moments that I have fun, but I just don't enjoy actually driving the Skip Barber just like I don't like driving the Miata. Right. Like, those aren't my kind of cars. I'm. It, yeah. <laughs> it's just kind of me. Fair enough. No, I agree. Because, again, when I, you know, bring up the Miata, everyone's like, ah. Oh. <laughs> yeah. It, like I said, I understand the racing that it provides. Um, it's just not, it's just not up my alley. Uh, so then I also did a how-to on Fairbury. Oh, yeah, I saw the, that. The short track, uh, the short dirt track, and I used the midget, the 410 wing sprint car and 410 non-wing sprint car. I was really impressed with the the midget. Whoever did the setup for that track is pretty good right out of the box. So uh, whoever did that setup in iRacing, I give kudos to that person because it actually it's pretty good. It was a lot of fun to race the midget around there. Awesome. Uh, 410 wing sprint car kind of has the same gripes that I usually have. Too much toe out or what I consider toe out. There's negative toe in. What? I don't understand that part. But anyway. Uh, and a couple other things that I don't care for the car. I like a lot of left rear drive. I like when I get into the corner, the thing to take a bite and sit on the left rear and pull coming off the corner. The non-wing sprint car is different i changed some stuff in the setup running the highline with that car is tricky and i don't know why the 
the sprint cars seem to have this like mid corner snap to them that you have to prepare for to make it not do it, which is odd. I don't recall that happening when I drove a sprint car, uh, but you can prepare for it so you don't end up doing it. And then what was interesting is I run up high and then I take the non-wing down low and it runs great down low. Like you can really get in and make that thing around. It's still missing. Something changed though that both of those cars should be way more violent. They should be really on a fresh track. So they should be really picking up and dancing the front end and doing wheel stands. It's, and it's only when you severely mess up that it tries to do one of those things. Okay. And if you've ever watched a sprint car race when the track is really hooked up, they're doing those things where they, they're pulling wheelies and bicycling whether they want to or not, not because <laughs> they messed up. Right, right. So, uh, but overall, a great track. I mean, they did a really good job modeling it, um, and it's it's fun to get around it, which kind of segues me into I watched the USAC 410 race. That's right. You had mentioned that. Yeah, time. yeah. Uh, heat this is the first really of their new esports, so yeah. 10 grand on the line. Yeah, yeah. Uh, six. To I the winner. I think 10 for the pool. Oh, is it 10 overall, six yeah. for the winner? Okay, I get you. So... Uh, watched that and it was kind of playing out like I thought. Mm -hmm. If you can run the bottom really good, especially during the heat races, you were going to make some time. And it was really cool. They had like three wide passing and I thought they did a really good job with the heat races. But then I think you saw the flaws of the car when the track started to slick off really bad. And you watched the main and the main was not not great. No. Not in my, in my opinion. Just, just a lot of yellows and they're counting the yellow flag laps too so 30 laps and you have four or five yellows which is what they had so you only like, get four or five laps of racing yeah it was not it wasn't as good the heat races were great though uh-huh the track had some moisture even though it had some slick spots in it they could move around and right i thought the heat races were really good uh alex bergeron actually did a really good job in the main when there were green flag laps uh running the bottom i mean it was so narrow what he was using the left rear tire and he actually went all the way to the lead, and then after a restart, clipped the infield tire and spun around. Oh, and my. The yellow. But that's how low he was running. Yeah, but, I mean, he was doing a really – that's what I was – you know, in the video, that's what I was trying to convey is, you know, you don't have to go all the way out to the fence. You can stay in the traction on the bottom of the track, and if you can do it, you'll be good. Um, but he was really – him and one other guy were really the, the only two that could really do anything on the bottom. Everybody else was, like, running the top, but they were slapping the fence and – Having all kinds of problems. Cars are getting all all over the place. It right. Was, it wasn't as impressive as the heat races were, which makes me think there's either a fundamental problem with the car itself, because these are supposed to be the best guys. Right. So there's a fundamental problem with the car itself, or there's a fundamental way that the track, the, the amount of grip the track loses and how fast it loses it. Right. Because if I've ever watched one of those races, um, later in the year and early in the year, tracks can stay hooked up. Like, there will be no slick in it. Right. And the tracks always get slick. And I just feel like there was a better race for these guys when there was just a little bit of slick. But they had two grooves, and these guys were going three wide, shooting across. Like, it was really good racing. So, yeah, watch that. Um, What else did I do? 
So the plan was to make a video on the V7 tires, my thoughts about that, because I felt, I thought today was the day that I was going to be able to get the PC release for NASCAR Heat 4. Uh, they ended up sending me a review copy. Oh my. <laughs> wow. Not sure, not sure why. Wow. Who wasn't doing their job there? No. <laughs> I mean, look, I mean, I thought Heat 2 was okay. I just didn't like Heat 3 at all. And so I was like, it completely took me by surprise. I think it was Tuesday night. I get this email and I just about fell out of the, fell off the, the couch. My wife and I were watching a little bit of TV and I just about fell off the couch. And I'm like, you'll never believe who just, okay. They just sent me a review code. <laughs> that is uh, hysterical. So I ran over and started the download and then, uh, I still had, you know, I had work and a lot of things to do on Wednesday, but I did start to do the recording Wednesday evening. And then every, like you, not as severe, but like you, I had a problem. Uh, I used my editing PC to separately record my audio. And then my gaming PC just records gameplay. And I saw that it was trying to do a flipping update. Even though you tell it not to, it still tries to do... It's downloading the update. I'm like, fine. Before this goes any further and really messes something up, I'll let it finish and then implement the update and we'll be fine. And I'm like, while I'm at it, my gaming PC at any point could try to do the same thing. And when it does it on that PC, it gives me frame rate problems. So rather than run into that, I just started the update, download and all that on my gaming PC. And I'm going through my... My editing PC does this weird thing where it just gets done doing the update and then it just flips back to the um, desktop. And I'm like, that's not normal. Uh-huh. <laughs> so I was like, uh, let's restart and try this again. So I hit restart and then it goes through and gets stuck on the the BIOS splash screen. I'm like, uh, <laughs> this isn't good at all. Meanwhile, my gaming PC is almost finished. Like, it's installing updates. And I'm like, oh, God, this is not a good sign. So I restart, power down, do all this stuff, read. I mean, I spent an hour and a half on it trying to figure out what the problem is because it would either go from that screen or when I would restart it the next time, it would just go automatic repair, initializing, or whatever. But right. it's still on the BIOS splash screen. It's not on the blue screen of death. And I'm like... I'm reading through everything and I'm trying everything everybody's saying. And I was like, oh my God, you can't be serious. Like I actually have an opportunity to get this. Ah, <laughs> so after monumental cursing on my part, I looked at it and I was like, this is never going to work, but I'm just going to try this anyway. I turn off the PC, power it down. And then I have my portable hard drive hooked up to it because that's what I take back and forth to get the gameplay off of my gaming PC. So I go back and forth. So it's easier just to have a portable. And then my camera uses an SD card. So I have an SD uh, converter to USB. <laughs> so, I, I, you know, so those are plugged in. I'm like, I'm looking at it going. Pulled them both out, push the power button. Boom, it fired right up. And there was a sense of elation and absolute irritation at the same time. Cause I was just like, Oh my goodness. It couldn't be that easy. What the hell? 
it just fired right up. No problems whatsoever. I was like, oh, well, at least I don't have to redo anything. But I just after that, I just went to bed. I'm all just <laughs> it was almost midnight. I'm just like, I can't can't do anymore. Oh, so my. luckily yesterday, I didn't have a whole lot of work to do. So I whenever I could, I was like sneaking in time doing my review. So I released that at about midnight or so last night. Um, whatever reason, it's 52 minutes long. I couldn't really trim it down any further. Right. Because there was just a ton of stuff to go over. Um, but I did give people time stamps if they wanted to skip parts. Okay. Because uh, I get it. You know, some people don't care about the... Some people don't care about the menus and and options like graphic options and stuff like that. Uh, I really tried to get across that I did not expect it to be like iRacing. Mm -hmm. There were times that I did use iRacing as an example because that's the only other NASCAR thing that's out there. Right. Uh, but I didn't expect it to be, you know, hardcore like. Um, I guess the comparison that I was trying to make people understand that I wasn't doing is I'm not saying this game is terrible because it's not like iRacing. Well, and, and did you expect it to be? And did no. you even want it to be to an extent, I dare say? I was not looking for that experience out of NASCAR Heat 4. But with all the material we've watched, I did understand that they were moving closer right. to the, in that direction. But I also knew that they weren't all the way there sure well and i still want me personally i haven't played it yet but i still personally want the the i'm just gonna put it this the boogity 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 aspect of that game sure. uh that i don't get from my racing um i i didn't want vanilla i wanted marble fudge you know whatever pick your favorite rocky road pick your favorite ice <laughs> <Whoa>. cream <laughs> oh but yeah so i you know, if you have any interest, uh, please go watch. <laughs> uh, and Billy uh, mentioned a few things. And Billy, just so you guys know, Billy mentioned a few different videos that he's put out. So the NASCAR, you've got the uh, the the uh, Fairbury track drive, and you didn't do the tire model one, right? No, because okay. that's what happened was I ended up getting the heat NASCAR heat when I was I, anticipating doing the V seven. Uh, uh, video and you will you'll find all those at Billy Strange Racing uh, descriptions yes, in the show here. So yeah. Anyway, um, that's okay. Cool, cool. So yeah, I I went in with the idea that I don't want this to be a hardcore sim, but there are certain expectations on a PC that I do have. For instance, mouse support. It doesn't have mouse support, right? It, it also just continues to use the Xbox buttons when you press the keyboard. So later there's like a thing where the car is spinning. You can, it has a semi paint booth kind of deal. Right. The car is spinning. And I was like, this, I can't figure out how to stop the car spinning. It tells me <laughs> to use like the right thumbstick or something right. to move the car around. I'm like, I, there's no right thumbstick. No, here. I hate that about multi-platform games. Like, 
I'm sorry, if you're going to do multi-platform, including the PC, but your basis is the Xbox or the PlayStation, you at least have to have a small team that's going to do the UI conversion on its own. Because I'm getting tired of that at this point, because sometimes it doesn't work at all. Right. It was just a little frustrating. I mean, it's not that the keyboard doesn't work. It's that you're left to guess either if you have a wheel that has buttons and Mm -hmm. a D-pad and... You know, I don't know if direct drive wheels work on NASCAR Heat 4, but if they do, uh, my apologies, because it's <laughs> you're going to have to everything, the keyboard and can't use the mouse. And like Dan, <laughs> yeah, Dan was saying uh, it was so funny when I said I'm not going to compare it to iRacing. And then he said, if I was a big drinker, I would have taken a shot every time Billy said iRacing. And I did. <laughs> iRacing as an example of what I didn't expect it to be but it was the only way that i could sit there and say here's what i mean and it's so hard to convey when the steering is loose and sloppy just by watching what i am playing mm-hmm. and i'm like again this is not comparing the physics part of i racing this is just giving you an example of how much tighter and how much less you have to steer in eye racing, not that the physics have anything to do with this. This is just like normal stuff. Right. Uh, so that's, I mean, that's why I ended up using eye racing is because I expected this to be easier than eye racing. And in a lot of cases, it wasn't. Uh, it apparently has some, it has some big bug issues. So right when I get out on the track, the, constant vibration in the wheel almost all the way around the track it gets down the straightaway it lessens and then you get in the corner it's like i mean it's i said it was like riding your road bicycle over cobblestone constantly right and i was just like this is weird apparently that's tied to your graphical options what why that is i have no idea but the bug apparently is the more you turn up your graphical options the worse that vibration gets right and i couldn't turn it off so do you think they made it harder because they're trying to be more sim-esque? So they're like, oh, well, we have to make it difficult. And and do you think that they're going to lose their crowd? Like, did they go too far? So that's my fear. But a lot of people have been saying they like it. So my when I started the video, I prefaced it with, I am not reviewing this with a gamepad. So this might work really well with a gamepad. I don't know. But the fact of the matter is they're including being able to use a wheel and pedal set. So that's how I'm going to judge it. Right. Um, yes, the favorite part, Dan says, is when I said you guys misspelled break. felt <laughs> 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 it like, you know, you're in a break room, not you're using the break. Right, right. Got to take a break. I couldn't help it. It was like scrolling down. It was right in front of me. I'm all, uh, you guys misspelled break. Wow. But the... Um, I lost what I was talking about. That was good. Good talk. Uh, losing their audience at all because it's more difficult. Oh yes, sorry. Jeez, spacey. I was up too late last night. So there was. Um, I compared. I did the comparison that, that at Charlotte with a cup car. I've been seeing it flicker. Yeah, now it's flickering more. Is that me? No, that's, I don't know. I think it's Discord. Discord. Okay. So what I did was I did compare the cup cars, not in the physics per se that I wanted 
NASCAR heat to be like that. What I wanted out of it was to be easier. And I actually feel it's slightly more difficult, like the car slides around. What it acts more like is last year's car, even though it's supposed to be this year's car. Right. There's a lot of... There's a lot of looseness in the steering wheel. Um, it's just not tight. You know, you got you feel like you've really got to steer far, and it just makes it hard to race side by side with other cars. Right. Um, you know, I didn't even get to the the career mode. The dirt late models are junk again. I thought they were okay. Like they're better, but they're still not good. They did improve the trucks on the dirt, though. Like, that's what I expect. They're fairly, they're pretty easy to drive on the dirt, which is, you know, what I expect. <laughs> um, I don't know that the physics are that bad. I think it's more of an implementation of a problem with the wheel and how they're they're setting the wheel up. I had to use 360 degrees. Uh, couldn't use 540 like it just didn't line up 900 and even with 360 it was sloppy um oh i know dan i know you weren't you're just giving me a hard time it's just funny like i had one other person like kind of give me the same thing where you know the eye racing thing i was like yeah i there's a reason i was trying to use it as an example not a point of sure physics comparison sure well, and I think that that's one of those things that I hate to say it, but some people when they're watching a video like that, they're just there are certain keywords that are going to set them off. So it doesn't matter what you said before or after the word iRacing. All they heard was iRacing and made the instant assumption that that was all your angle was, was how it compared directly to iRacing. And, right. And, and it was somehow inferior, I'm assuming, if they were taking offense to it. because That's what, yeah, that's what I'm assuming. I, it, like I said, if you actually kind of followed along with what I was trying to do, I was actually saying this should be easier than iRacing. And in most cases, and again, I don't necessarily know if that's a physics thing. Because the physics actually don't seem bad until <laughs> you do road racing and you start doing these tight corners. And, like, I was doing the trucks at Canadian. Mm-hmm. Most sport. Yes. And you get to the real tight double right-hander. Uh-huh. You know, you go down the hill. It gets on two wheels. It goes, wee. Oh, like, my. That's not right. Yeah. I don't know if there's uh, a setup in the world that's going to get you that much grip. <laughs> and what would happen is if you kept like turned it really sharp, like really trying to get under somebody, then it would get over and it would just spin the truck sideways. Right. And I was like, I think you might have some problems at low speed here that we're not addressing. Yeah. Around the ovals that even on a short track, it didn't feel like that. But when I got to really tight corners on a road course, there were some issues. Right. Um, so... I don't even know that the force feedback is very good, but it was so hard to tell because of the constant vibration. I really couldn't give a good level of, is it just adequate? Which I was expecting it just to be adequate. I wasn't expecting it to be phenomenal. Right. You know, just give me a few things that it does and I'll be happy with this. And it was so hard to tell. And like when I was running Charlotte with the cup car, 
I'd get nothing, 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 nothing. And then like two thirds of the way through the corner, all of a sudden the wheel would get really heavy and combine that with the vibration that was happening. Uh-huh. And then it would like jitter. It would like jump. You could feel like the car do this like shock to the wheel. Right. As you're going, what the hell is going on here? It's like, this is really bizarre. Ah. Uh. So I just said, you know, if you have a wheel and pedal set, this is probably not worth at the moment until they fix these, you know, that particular part. Everything else I can kind of get past. The field of view thing bothers me because you, to me, that's not a sim thing. To me, that's just, if you're, if I can drive with a wheel, then I should be able to adjust the, then I should be able to adjust the field of view, period. If it's just gamepad only, then okay, I got what you're telling me. I don't expect to change the field of view. Right. That's kind. Of, that's how I look at it. Um, on the wheel thing, I wonder. You know, on this game, this one more so than other brings this into question for me. I wonder how much different the wheel feels on the console versus the wheel feels on the PC. So right. part of the problem is, is related to the graphics thing. You know. I don't know, maybe that other super heavy force feedback is also related to that. Or once that's going, does that create some over-interpretation of some other signal? You know, um, like I'll give you a great example. I was editing, editing yesterday and I could hear everything great. When I turned on my TV, that secondary noise made my speakers like, you know, flat, completely flatline peak, right? Oh, really? And if I muted either one or the other... It was fine, but the two together, and it's like, well, the volume on them is the same, so combined, it shouldn't be any louder. But somehow, the two running at the same time caused this huh. peak that didn't happen to either one at the same level on their own. Anyway, getting back to that super force feedback poll, I wonder if it was part of it already getting some weird command it signal. Just specific to my wheel, my wheelbase. Yeah. I yeah. have no idea, but the problem is is that it's there yeah and that's what i had to test it with you know on a g like uh we were talking guys in chat are talking about jeff fabignano where they were using i believe a g29 you know it might work great on a g29 mm-hmm. i have no idea but the fact of the matter is on my wheelbase it doesn't it doesn't work right it just it it just doesn't work right you know maybe on a thrustmaster t300 Right. It might work right. Right. And a fanatic, you know, whatever, it might work right. But my particular wheelbase, it was not. But it, the interesting part was it picked every all my inputs up right away, all my devices. Ah, that's great. Yeah. So I did have to remap the brake because the brake was not getting the full range. And that's another thing. I have never used such a sensitive brake in anything before. So the slider down the middle, right, I left everything. And then when you can look at your input, I noticed it wasn't going all the way. So I said, I'll just try running it. You breathe. I'm not kidding. Touch the brake and it spun the car out. No way. Okay. I just need to re I need to recalibrate the brake pedal. Uh Uh-huh. I go in, recalibrate the brake pedal. So I'm getting full range, got full range, still does the same thing. Okay. Well, this is way too sensitive. So. I moved, kept moving the sensitivity down, and it was barely helping. I'm all the way down at the bottom of the sensitivity range, and it still 
like you barely push on the pedal and it wants to kick the back end around right what the hell is going on so then they have a brake smoothing option uh-huh. so that you don't lock the tires up as easy so they have off low and, and high i had to put it on high i can still lock the brake up pretty easy but at least it's not so sensitive but i'm still only using like maybe a quarter of the pedal how weird yeah so i'm assuming that might be a bug as well i'm hoping that's a bug because it's it's way too sensitive <laughs> well it doesn't give you anything to work with at a, a at an emergency moment that's the problem is if you if somebody makes a move and and you hit the brake the car just takes off instead of you being able to like modulate the brake and kind of move over and give somebody room right it's the same problem with the uh thanks brandon i appreciate that the the wheel it's so kind of sloppy in the center like you can't make fine adjustments to get away from the guy you end up having to put a bunch of wheel into it and then all of a sudden the thing takes off right because you put now you've gone over that threshold and you've put too much wheel into it. <laughs> so it's just ah uh, it could be really good it looks great like the skybox looks great i think the cars on track look really good uh-huh there is there is some I mean they got rid of a lot of the graphical gripes that I have besides motion blur and then there's some like shimmery I don't know like it's like this ghosting kind of thing with the lights and the cars every once in a while uh-huh and then there every once in a while there's also seems like there might be some camera shake and it's like if those are op- if those are things you're purposely putting in there and I please have an option to turn those off <laughs> right right I I I don't like that stuff. Your eyes don't do that. Right. Uh, Tim, I think, what, you tried 540, right? 540 was your rotation you liked? I tried 540, well, 540, 900, um, 1080. You should never, ever run anything in 1080 except a old road car. <laughs> but the it's not that it wasn't too sensitive. It was that it wasn't sensitive enough. So when it's not sensitive enough, you tend to narrow the degree of rotation not increase right and it did when i got down to 360 at least the bar you know when you bring up the thing to see if your wheels calibrated at least it was one to one at that point right when i was at 540 it was doing some funky rotation at 900 it was reading 540 oh wow yeah so i was like uh that's this really is weird. not how this works that's very weird yeah it was it was really bizarre um yeah, and there's no problem with my pedals. Like, I've been using everything else under the sun, so the pedals aren't the issue. Wheels not the issue. It's purely, it's purely how the game chooses to interact with my hardware. Sure, sure. But at the same time, I mean, it sounds like coming off of the way we've joked for a year about Heat Three, it sounds like for the most part things have gone in the right direction, and that they are in a little bit of need of some proper feedback and some adjustments for the masses, hopefully more focus on the PC in particular. And we might actually be on a decent path. I mean, that's what, I mean, if I had to interpret what I've heard from you, that's kind of what I'm getting in a nutshell. Is, is, is that far off? I know that's my opinion is it's not, if it was working properly, if my wheel was working properly, even though I don't like the fact that there's no, I, I can't I can't use the in-car view, the cockpit view. So I was just using the hood. It's annoying to me, but 
the game felt fun enough in the moments where I was actually racing other AI. Like, the AI is pretty good. And when you kind of anticipate the problems that you're having with the wheel, kind of the sloppiness, like, I was actually having fun having some good battles with the AI. And they're, they were fast enough to be challenging. They weren't always quite fast enough, but more often than not, they were a challenge. Mm-hmm. And so those parts, I think, are, are good. It's just the I don't know. There's, I feel like, I'm hoping that they're bugs. I'm hoping that they patch it and that when they patch it, I go back to it and everything feels nice and crisp. And like I said, even if they don't do anything with the field of view, fine, I'll run the hood view and have fun with it that way and just take it for what it is. And I don't know, it, it could, it has the potential. But I think the frustrating part is there's always been signs of potential in each title. So like the title of my video was Big Changes Missing the Basics. Missing Basics. That's how it made me feel. Like you guys did a great job making these massive improvements and changes to it, which I applaud you for, but you're still missing fundamentals along the way like the options for graphics it's only like four options right you know and it's like okay we're on the pc yeah exactly i mean like let's give me a little more to work that doesn't even cover the basics for options so (laughs) yeah i um let's cross our fingers and hope that they they patch that stuff and if they do then i will do another video as a follow-up going over hey they improved blank right right well i mean it sounds like i would go get it i I would go get it uh it sounds like there's enough fun within it that well maybe i'd wait for the price to come down i was gonna say i i'd wait for the i'd wait for the bugs the price drop a patch or three and a price drop and i'm all over that (laughs) so there you go i mean it like i said on a gamepad it may be completely different and if you like graphically the things that they're doing with it then that's obviously not a deterrent to you and there was you know several people that were saying well i've been enjoying it i'm like i'm good yeah i want people to enjoy sure and and there's plenty to be enjoyed it sounds like but my point is is i've got so many other things that i can drive like you guys are missing the boat if you expect my i guess my point is if you expect people that race on the pc especially ones that skew to more hardcore. But that will be willing to look at a title that was not as hardcore. You're going to lose them because you're missing some basic stuff going on here. Right, right. Okay. Awesome. What else did you do? Sounds like a busy week. You got more? Uh, Other than riding my road bike, I think that's it. Being fairly healthy? Yeah, I like a month and a half ago beginning I think beginning of August end of July I started changing my eating habit and then I started doing some exercising and now I got to the point where like the last week and a half I've been able to go ride my road bike every day for about an hour ish or so I thought you're supposed to ride your bike to not have to change your eating habit that's my philosophy. No, I got to get the weight down. <laughs> so, I mean, I've lost about eight pounds since I've done it. 
Uh, right. But I got, I got to get the weight down further before I can get back to eating whatever I want. <laughs> <laughs> I need to double ride because I need to lose eight and um, not change what I'm eating. So that means double riding, I think. Um, <laughs> yeah. Oh, I looked at how much I was eating per how much I was calories I were I was burning. I was like, oh, this. You have to ride a lot to burn calories to offset food and beverage it's uh about an hour's worth of riding for me is roughly six to seven hundred calories all right so that's uh, probably, i mean that's not too bad that's probably that's a quarter not, of my intake at, well i'm about a, i'm down to like a 1200 calorie diet a day oh my so i think i drink more than 1200 calories in a day <laughs> i feel way better though like yeah i do feel much better like i have way more energy and i don't feel so all right well i'm tired as an af so <laughs> all right funny. um we are at the one hour mark i need to go to the bathroom i did not set up an intermission so i i'm do you want to take a quickie break do you want to carry time sure. while i step away no, I'll um, take a break. All right. So forgive us for not having an intermission screen. I'm just going to leave uh, things rolling. I guess I could go to our holding screen, but I think we'll just go to uh, – you can watch us walk away. We'll be back in like three to five minutes, and we'll get back Talk, to yes. – uh, I know Billy – I'll give you a topic. The thigh <laughs> master is either a thigh nor a master. Discuss, discuss amongst yourselves. All right. <laughs> all right. We'll be right back. <laughs> If Dan ever flew through the wall during one of these intermissions, I would donate one of my Twitch checks. That would be fantastic. Oh, that would be funny. I would I would at least pay the medical bill for doing that. <laughs> <laughs> oh. All right, so we are officially back now. How you uh Billy, so you have uh I I only have one topic of discussion that really relates sim racing you have a, uh, an idea or two i well yes it's kind of a talking point just to get your perspective but i i thought it was an interesting one which i'm not sure like most of the audience that doesn't deal with this would understand when i was watching you know we've we know that grid is coming up it's supposed to release next month so that event that you talked about where they were looking for content creators and stuff right alan from team vvv went and did the press event so the day after okay the content creators were there and he was on twitch this morning and i jumped in and he had some video footage recorded video footage, and he was talking over it and we got to the point that he was talking about it's so hard to get a feel, like really analyze how good the game's going to be, what it really feels like in just the brief amount of time he got. And I just thought to myself, you know, that's how I feel. Because I've been to a couple of those where you go in and you get such a limited time with it and you're right. not using your own stuff. Right. It's their settings. So you don't have like a scientific baseline per yep. se to judge it on. And I was just curious, I would imagine you've done similar things, and is that kind of the same thing you get? Is there just not enough time in those kinds of events? I, I almost... Or have, you gotten, or have you gotten enough time in one of those events to kind of form a good opinion? Yeah, I, I would say both scenarios. Um, it depends on how many people 
and your relationship with the developer themselves. So there have been times where if the developer really knew the show, really knew who you were, and maybe more back in inside sim racing days when we were kind of the only media site, but then they'd really want to share a ton with you because they know you're legit, they know you're super serious, they're proud of their content, their product. Um, And so there have been times where we got more than enough but for the most part, and even more so in the modern times, most of these are at pretty large press junkets where they're doing it for so many groups that they can't do anything special for any one group, if that makes sense. Mm. Um, and so then you really do get these very and, – and, and I've kind of started a – I don't want to give opinion when I see something at a trade show. Because it's right. usually a work in progress, single stage, one car – maybe even a locked view, their equipment, limited exposure. I mean, like, if you're like the media and they jump you in front of the line, you're not going to be like, oh, can I go again? You know, it's like you're going to make you staring at you. Yeah, you know, and you already got your run for. And yet, how much are you really going to formulate a strong opinion in a three minute demo of a single car, single track under those circumstances? The other thing is other little small things. It's like often... I find the graphics are not even close to maximized. Well, you know, if I, if there's anything that I am a snob or an elitist about, it's having the right field of view, having the right frame rate, and having the right monitor distance or VR settings, whatever it's being presented in. And it's like, if you can't give me what I want there, I could hate the best sim ever. So... All these things make it really hard. So it's like when I go to a trade show, when I go to a press thing, I've really narrowed it down to this is just a first look. This is like a mini look, not even a first look like my first day with a full title. This is just a progress report first look, you know. Um, right. And and yeah, I think it's unfair because, again, I, I'd hate to formulate a strong opinion in that moment of time. Um, that was one of the things with WRC eight. Uh, I drove it at E three a bunch, really, because I, you know, I could stay after hours and drive it, um, and I could drive other stages, but I couldn't film the other stages. Um, but it still just was so early that it was like, well, I don't want to give myself the wrong impression, and I don't want to give anybody else the wrong impression. Because if something like force feedback still isn't optimized and right. I'm like, oh, well, this isn't or the physics still, you know, and it's like and I just don't know what level they are in the development. So it's hard. Yeah. So it's I find it best to just use it as that teaser. You know, I look at it as like a really good movie commercial on TV and you're like, oh, I know I'm going to go see that when it comes out because you're watching the preview and you're like, I love it you know i i gotta get me some of that so that's how i kind of feel all of those moments are i mean now when it gets to something that's like one month away or less than a month you know they've already gone gold yeah how much how much are you really gonna the disc was already sent off to to china to be made so you know you are driving you might even be driving there's a chance you might be driving something that has already been patched that the one that everyone's going to buy doesn't have yet. 
because they might have sent the disc off for duplication for Xbox PlayStation, but then the development team didn't just go on vacation. You know, maybe there are a few more things on that hot list that could be dealt with because they knew they were going to be in patch number one. So, yeah, I, anyway, long-winded answer to your pretty easy question. I could have just given you a yes or no, I think. No, I was just curious because <laughs> I know the first one that I did was, I was, what was it, F1 2016 or F1 2017? And I had to go drive all the way down to San Francisco. And I, I hate San Francisco, just the town is just not my thing. There's too, too many people. It's too chaotic. And I go park, go into this building, and they have, like, this conference room, and I'm the only one in there. So then I get to, I get to meet Lee, and he's like, you know, do you want to hear the, develop, the, the pitch? And I was like, sure, I'll hear the pitch. Like, let me, let me see what you got. We do that, and then I get to drive. And it's on a PS4 dev kit. It wouldn't let me record any of my footage. And I'm like, okay. So then they had to mess with that. And then it was with whatever the G29 or 924 PS4, whichever one that is. And I'm using those pedals, and it's on a TV tray kind of thing. And we had to push it up against a counter. The TV is like, <laughs> right? And I'm like, ah, okay. And I'm trying to, Alex says G29, thank you. I'm trying to get used to it. And he's trying to tell me like how to drive. And I'm like, I, okay, yes, thank you. That's, right. <laughs> we'll do. Like, I'm trying not to be rude. Like, we'll do. Yes, thank you. Okay, I got it. And like some, they had some like graphical glitches and stuff going on. I was like, um, okay. And he's trying to tell me where to go and what tracks I could run and what car. And I just wasn't getting on with it really well because it felt so foreign. Like I, the, that, those gears and it would clunk. It would, when I would go through the corners or would get up on the the curbs, right. it would do this clunk, 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 clunk. Uh, and then there's like no feeling in the brake pedal at all. No. So I'm like trying to get used to it. And I don't want to be rude and like start ripping off my shoes so I can, you know, push on the brake pedal with my socks. And so I learned from that experience because I never, I, we had to mess with it so much. I literally got 20 minutes worth of driving. Right. Right. Because then they're like, oh, somebody's got this room next. We got to leave. I'm like, I just started. They're like, nope, we got to go. I'm like, oh, okay. So I kind of learned from then that I probably won't do that again. And then I got to do one more for a game that actually never came out. So I can't say which game that is because um, it was not good. <laughs> and the... Again, I didn't, they promised me two hours and I got half an hour because they were having so many problems. And it's like, forget it. Right. I, I, not, from now on, if you want me to preview a game, you send it to me. Yep. And I will play it under my, in my environment. And you can give me all the stipulations, which footage I can and can't use. But, I can't give a good opinion about anything 
in 20 minutes in a half an hour right like that it, it's so you're you're and it's not your stuff if it's your stuff you might have a little bit of an opinion yeah but without your stuff it's like really difficult to try and come to grips with what what it's trying to tell you oh um when dirt 3 came out um codemasters threw a big press party at some hip club in san francisco they seem to favor that town yeah um and i and they work with studio 47 a lot uh a, a pr company that specializes in the gaming industry and anyway some of these parties for me have been worth going to but not for the game um because it's like whatever i'm not gonna be able to play it at your party in any kind of way to formulate an opinion but you know this was like an open bar free hors d'oeuvres free t-shirts uh meet the devs meet the the pr people i ended up walking out of there with a dirt three uh uh rc car um nice yeah i mean you know because well because we are like the vip list of that party at the time um so like that was certainly worth going to but it had no information for the show um i remember when need for speed did uh hot pursuit was it what was last need for speed title big one um they did a party at like one of the movie theaters one of the cool old victorian uh movie theater or deco not uh, victorian deco theaters in la and at a huge party and we went same thing and it was like different uh press got different colored bands for what it got you at the open bar you know but we had like the the equivalent to the gold band because we were like on their super vip list and it was like it the party was a blast it had zero now we did do a show from there but it had zero sim racing value whatsoever um I remember going to a Forza party. A couple of Forza parties have been over-the-top fun with, like, they hire big-name entertainers. Um, so do you think when when they're doing that, I mean, I think this is a common thought or even a complaint from the gaming community is that they're trying to buy your good... Oh, totally... Feeling. 100 like percent yeah okay i mean you know i've been offered a few of those and i just i don't go right i turn them you know and it's not something that i talk about but i i don't go to those things because i don't if i go to one of those things now because i feel like there is such a big spotlight the more years have gone on for youtube and stuff like that the appearance is that if I say anything positive about the game, it's because I was bribed and or bought. Right. And so, like, yeah, I mean, I don't know. That's why I'm asking. I don't know what it was like years ago because I wasn't in the industry like that years ago. Well, and none, all that's gone away to an extent or really downsized, you know, that that mentality. But again, that was before they had their own media machines. So now instead of throwing million-dollar parties, they have a million-dollar media machine in-house that can create enough in-house content to not need to do that. But um, they're fun. I don't know if I ever felt that it 
obligated me to do anything. Like that sure. was their choice to throw a party. That was their choice to invite me. But I'm still but a I'm journalist. Maybe that was their intent, though, as they would hope. Right. That well, by I, doing that for you, it would sway your opinion. I think it's a good way of playing into the fanboy journalist that you already have. Okay. Like, you know, where they're just going to, like, be so pumped up for the game. And 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 in all these cases, I was really excited about the game to come, by the way, because, I mean, I'm a huge fan of the Forza franchise. I think it's one of the most important franchises to what we do, sim racing. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Dirt 3 was a game that I was immensely excited about because I've just loved that franchise as well. Um, Need for Speed, I'll admit... I had no, I could care less about Need for Speed coming out. Like, I really didn't care. <laughs> and and yet, it was one of the funnest parties ever, funnest, most fun parties ever. Um, and so, it got a show where I was saying Need for Speed and having a giant smile on my face while saying it, but it didn't change the game whatsoever. I mean, but sure. but it did get them the attention that they paid for, I think. So um, now everything we've talked about there is on the software side of things. On the hardware side of things, I've found that whether it's in person. Uh, so, you know, I've gone on site to a handful of different companies um, or even in conversation at trade shows. Um, or even in email conversations, that hardware companies are a lot more forthcoming with their secrets and and trusting us to keep those secrets, but they want us mm-hmm. to know they have stuff to, you know, it's like, hey, keep an eye on us. Check out this new simulator we're working on, or hey, check out this new wheel we have in development, but we can't talk about yet. And I found the hardware co- companies definitely work by a slightly different rule set. Um, but the software companies, it's always been a big song and dance, <laughs> you know, has been part of it, you know, um, even look at E3, um, E3 is just a big fancy song and dance for the, you know, now it's for the public, but it's, it's just trying to buy favor by free well, trinkets and, and was geared towards initially for buyers, not right. for the consumer. It was right. for you know, how many copies can I get you to buy of the original Forza Motorsport, right. for instance, back yeah. then it was. So that's what it was geared towards. So you were trying to sell it to not a consumer. You were trying to sell it statistically like, hey, we moved this many units last year. This is how exciting and how big this game is going to be this year. Get in now because you guys will be selling blank amount of units. Yep. Yep. It was a true trade show back in the day. Uh, where it was only industry people, buyers, sellers, and PR. Uh, that was the only people in the building, um, you know. And and I think, I mean, from the journalistic side, and I've said this on the show, it, it's taken E3. And, and this coincides, I think, with those big parties too, by the way. Those big parties happened back when, and I'm not sure that, tr- that E3 is the only trade show that's been affected in this way either. Um, but, it, you know, they've become internal media you know that like that's the company like when a company used to do the pr uh the the trade show i think it was a certain team that handled it in order to facilitate who was going to be there because they've changed who's going to be there it's a different team that is now facilitating that group 
So mm-hmm. the one thing I've always said is like I can count on running into Dan Granewalt and Alan Hartman. Those are the top two guys at turn 10 for Forza. Right. And I know for a fact, I didn't even have to have an appointment. Just walk into the booth. Either one of them sees me. They're going to be all, Sean. I'm going to be like, Dan. You know, that's how it's been because I've gone there for 13 years. Um, and now those guys are nowhere to be found. Like you are not going to find them except for when Microsoft does their big speech, you know, their big presentation. That's when Dan Granawalt will come out on stage and do his for- Forza spiel. But he's not going to be down on the floor waiting for the likes of you, me, uh, or any other YouTube content creator who's savvy on the sim racing world and to, to talk about the passion. And that's, and that's a big loss. So when we get back to these parties, you know, one part of it that is cool is when the president or whoever's in charge of development gets on stage to do their keynote speech for the Forza party. It's not just all party. At some right. point, it silences. They go up on yeah, stage. They, they give you like their their pitch. Yeah, and and when you hear and 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 for me, this goes a long way because even if I don't agree with them a hundred percent, even if the game doesn't give me everything I was looking for, when I hear them passionately talk about their baby it makes me feel that they do care even if the end result wasn't as good as i thought when there's this complete divide and they're just over here and we're just over there i have no sympathy whatsoever i have no understanding for where they're coming from because it's not given it's not presented to me Mm -hmm. you know and and i think that that is very important because to an extent it gives us hope and it even does give us just a little bit of room to just cut them a little slack. And it's like, well, I know they couldn't, but maybe because the Xbox, they couldn't, you know. But I heard Dan talk about it, and he's passionate about its real representation of racing, you know. Um, so, yeah, I, I I think it does serve a positive purpose, even though, as you brought up, yes, too much flash, too much kissing of ass, and... Is it just going the other way in a blatant, open, blatant way, you know? Right. Um, But make no mistake, this is what we – sports, entertainment, not just sport. Entertainment is exactly where, especially here in America, because in the UK, I know they play by slightly different rules when it comes to advertising and sponsorship and things like that. But, you know, here in the States entertainment is the first point of of battle if you want to call it or marketing opportunity period you know and it's like we have learned whether you're selling rockets or video games or baseball caps throwing big parties <laughs> having a big presentation right is is the way to do it um and and no, sure. It's 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 a form of lobbying to an extent. You know, it's 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 yeah, I can understand earning that. and carrying favor to. But you know, anyway, yeah. Anyway, I, I it's interesting topic, and I think it changes every year. Right. Okay. Oh. Well, that's all I had. That's all you had. That's it. That's it. Yeah, that's it. All right, I got something. <laughs> um. If you've been sim racing a long time, 
And when I say sim racing in the in the context of this conversation, is that B Blocker? Is that Barry Blocker? Barry Blocker, tell me that is not a great racing name. Barry Blocker. Old buddy of mine, I used to race with Barry all the time. Uh, happy birthday Fantastic. to you, buddy. <laughs> um, if you've been in sim racing a long time, I think one of the things we – and again, I remind you, PC sim racing. I think one of the things that we've taken for granted for a very long time is – how difficult entry into our hobby is and so when we talk about growth when we talk about you know and growth for sim racing eventually means better sims in my mind you know give these companies more money they can develop more and get us more sell more wheels they can develop more and give us more um so i find so we take for granted how hard it is to get involved you know like Yes, I can buy a G29. I can plug it in. Chances are the drivers will load. Chances are the wheel will work. Load my favorite sim. Not quite the same odds that it will just automatically go on my computer beautifully. Not the same odds that the settings are just going to automatically work. And in some cases, and I hate to say in a lot of cases, it might not work at all. Uh, out of the box just installing it not knowing what you're doing and the reason i'm bringing this up today because i think i'm guilty of taking for granted how hard entry into sim racing is um and and some sims and some products are better than others but across the board i think we really fail not even like a b or a c grade but i mean i think we fail at the entry point to pc sim racing and getting new people because what i'm and and what brings this up is so this week i've had computer failures left and right operating system failures individual program failures hard drive failures um uh uh and so it has me to the point where i formatted everything i formatted the wrong drive how to recover a drive um which that's extra on me not anybody to point a finger at but me um and then drivers that won't install so just getting my opera so when we talk about pc sim racing yes i can order a dell right now and maybe spend enough money to buy a true gaming machine that will work right but at some point even that computer is going to do a windows update or a driver update and everything's going to stop working and so now i need to be a computer genius in order to solve what are basic problems on what should be a relatively simple hobby and again at the beginning i'm talking pc in the world of the you know consoles it might not be as glamorous as this pc sim racing version we do but it has a bet much better job of just being able to turn it on and make it work i don't think you have to be a rocket scientist to plug a g29 into a console and play Codemasters F1 2019. But to fire up F1 2019 on your PC and get the graphics to work, get your wheel to work, get the game to play, I'm not saying it can't be done, but you're not going to just turn it on and get there. And the instruction. Yeah, it's, the, it's the plus and the minus of doing it on the PC. Yeah. Well, the plus and there's. Side is you do have all these options available to you. The. The minus side is, especially when you're new, like you're talking about, it can be very overwhelming or 
you know, you get like a fancy piece of hardware that's not supported or you've got to troubleshoot. And then not to mention, I mean, NASCAR Heat 4 is a great example. I spent four hours trying to get the wheel and figure out what was the problem. I spent four hours trying to do that. Right. And, and that's coming from that. someone who knows what they're doing. Right. And it's like, okay, is this, you know, and you troubleshoot. Is this the problem? Is this the problem? Is this the problem? No, no. And you're just going back and forth. And to contrast with WRC8, I think I spent an hour, hour and a half. It was something like that. And then I started shooting my review, you know, because I did it while I was driving and everything was fresh. I couldn't do it with NASCAR Heat 4 because I had to drive so much trying to figure out my wheel problem that that review had to take a different slant to it. Right. So, yeah, I look, I totally get it. When I was trying to do the get into sim racing i was like huh (laughs) you know and there's no like everybody has a little bit different way of doing and that's why i kind of make the statement like there should be it's like when you buy it john and i used to joke about it when you buy a wheel why isn't there hardware nothing bolts that come with the wheel so you can mount it right right no, because now, but it's and, those and, little and, things. And here's the thing: for most of the world, you can't just go down to the hardware store. Because if you're like, oh, I don't know about this big, and you come back, it's like metric versus English fine thread versus machine thread. It's like, who knows what it is? And and right. you know, my other gripe on this is that the sources don't have the information either. So, and I'm not trying to single out my, I'm not even going to name my motherboard company, but like when I went to their website to get my drivers, I had to be a genius to figure out what drivers they were and where to even go to get them. Yes. And half of them didn't actually even install properly or didn't have installer programs. So now I need some second level knowledge of how you install this non-installable thing. And so how many times I was going down the path of doing a Google search for this that led to another Google search for that that led to a Google and I, and I still haven't even gotten my first question remotely answered. Just <laughs> Phil. Uh, Phil, hit me up and I'll send you a Simpit sticker. Um Anyway, uh, and I just, as I was going through this, since computers are not my specialty, I mean, I can build them, but I barely know what I'm doing with a computer. Um, And I'm just finding, wow, if I was trying to get into iRacing today, it would be no different. And, And iRacing does not do a good job of, now that you've paid... Let us bring you along the way, you know, and and I think they even try more than some others. Um, It's no different if I were to pick up our factor and, you know, hey, I bought a Dell. I bought a wheel. Now I'm going to fire up our factor. And it's like and it's it's a common problem. We talk about degrees of rotation. And when you start, you're like a degrees of what? There's different ones. Like, I know this wheel will go to 900 degrees. You mean... There's some Sims have soft locks. Other games don't have soft lock. What is a soft lock? It's like, and it's something that I wish that there was a, there was a way to, to help people with the hardware. Like, here you go. This is what all this does. And then in the Sim or the game that you're playing, 
Uh, I mentioned it in NASCAR Heat Forward. They do a great job of when you're in the options menu of telling you what each thing. Like they have a really cool section to tune the AI to how you want them. They right. can be more stable, less stable, and it gives you exactly what it'll do. Perfect. When you get to the car setup, doesn't give you a lick of explaining what car setup is. You click on, you know, the the rebound for the left front, and there's nothing that tells you, you know, I know what that does. But if a person is getting into it for the first time and they want to start messing to learn how to set up a car, there's nothing there that tells you, hey, this is what this is going to do. It's going to actually put, you know, if you, if it's lighter, it's going to put more weight on the right rear quicker, all this kind of all these kinds of things. Right. And it's like we often miss there it's often missed it's and if they do explain they explain it in the way they think sounds right and not the way that a, a person that really doesn't quite have a grasp right doesn't explain them explain it to them simply enough that they can go oh okay i know what you mean it's like wait are you looking at uh i remember looking at a set of courses descriptions for some of their stuff going i think i know what you mean I no, I don't know what you mean. Right. What? And then you kind of have to learn on your own. Like, okay, I understand what they're saying now, but you have to play with it for a minute to figure out. Okay, I get it. You know, it's those kinds of things. So it it is tough for a person trying to get into it. We have a high barrier for entry, and that's why we are the the sim part of racing games. That's why it's so small. Right. Um, John Hill says, you know, iRacing dumps incredibly complicated cars on us, like the Porsche Le Mans prototype, and doesn't tell us how it works. And you're right. And here's the other thing, and this is, you know, and, and you know, I know what I'm going to say. In the future, here's my vision. In the future, when you stepped up into that car, the game should have taken you into this VR world saying, congratulations, driver, you've been promoted to the Porsche Le Mans prototype level. Let's take a tour of the car and some of its new features, you know, and it's like, and make no mistake, in my opinion, in 10 years, that's where we will be, you know, and again, (laughs) that movie Ready Player One, like, even though it wasn't even all that advanced in its thinking, it totally made me just reanalyze what my expectations of gaming in sim racing are. Um, because it should be an environment from the minute you turn it on, not just this bring up, you know, when you think of the UI structure and most of the games we play, this is like a really dated way of navigating your game. And it's no different than quite honestly, go back in time to games of the seventies and eighties, I dare say. And it's like, cool, menu, left, right, left, right. It's just some graphical changes, but basically it's the same thing. And it's like, when are we going to get to that world where you walk into the sim? And I'm not just talking VR because you can do this on a screen as well. But, you know, I want to be in a shell, the racing shell, from the minute I launch the game. And and I want it to have that kind of interaction where I can learn about the features of the car and be shown how they actually work. And, and there's no reason why I can't be gaining a huge real-life education simultaneous to my game. Um, when I talk about career modes and games, these are the first stepping stones in that direction for me, you know, and that's what I want to see more of. And again, it doesn't have to be VR, um, but 
I need more than just a talk to your crew chief or talk to the media of a Codemasters, but I need the full interaction, you know? Well, and it can be an option. You can sit there, uh, you know, like you guys are discussing the the LMP1 cars and iRacing. Why can't you click on a button that says need more info? Click here. And right. while you're driving, you could have somebody take you through a tutorial of how to drive the car. Right. You know, as you're driving, pause and then say in order to blank and you're going to have to do blank. And this is how this car works. Right. That that's a much easier way and for the people that already know then you don't need that it's an option you don't have to do it and i'm all i'm all about options so right. if you're familiar don't do it so i don't know why that's ex now to wrc8's credit there was a demo like intro but they said you can skip this and i was like thank thank god thank you because i don't I don't want to mess with this yet. I want to go in and set everything up first before I start driving. Right. Uh, but they gave you that option for somebody right. that might have been playing on a gamepad. They're like, no, why do I care about going and setting things up? I'm playing on a gamepad. Let me go. Right. Kind of thing. Let's get to the tutorial because whatever. So options are great. Having it so where the new person feels more comfortable getting into it is always a plus there's never a downside unless you're going to force me to do it but you know what i'm saying <laughs> yeah absolutely so yeah so uh, you know and then so getting back to our hobby and the, the entry point and the difficulties and it's like okay so then is it on us you know like okay common sense would say all right well maybe i need to do more beginners tutorials on how to get into racing how to get into a Seto Corsa and it's like for me it's like yeah but then do I have to do a, a, a Gfinity version and then an NVIDIA version and then uh, you know a Thrustmaster version a Fanatic a Logitech ver oh my OSW because all the parameters and maybe that makes it a little harder on the companies to provide some of that information to us but um yeah, I'm not sure. I'm just I'm just fascinated by how I have to go to third party information to deal with things that I paid money for from a specific vendor. And I can right. make the same parallel to all of the hardware and software I have in sim racing and and in many cases it's just you're in no man's land on your own and now I'm looking through Reddit and you know, like that's forums, you know, and it's like I I know what's going to happen if I did it in the sim racing world. It'd be exactly what I'm experiencing in how to fix this problem with Vegas. And it's like, okay, type your problem to Google. Now you're going to find a 100 paralleling problems but not right. exactly yours. And then lo and behold, when you finally get somebody who actually wrote the the exact problem you're having, there's not one response to it. <laughs> that happened to me a handful of times anyway i i just i hope that's something that sim racing across the board addresses when i'm hearing about the ui of the latest games i'm like wow we're going further because now they're giving us games that like don't even work on some of the basics like navigating the ui um right. i can't remember what it was i was trying to do something and it's like man if you didn't have 
a certain button on that keyboard. I can't remember what it was. Oh, I was using a mini keyboard and I had no function buttons. And it was like, wow, I'm literally oh. trapped. I just can't do anything, can I? Yep. Um, and there's no way to map it to the to my wheel. Uh, and it was really, really odd and frustrating. And, and so anyway, I don't think that's going to help in the future because they seem to be not concerned with and, and forcing blatant console structure onto the PC version. I... Uh, yeah, and that's I again. It kind of runs back to NASCAR Heat Four. I, just, you know, you make all these massive improvements, but you're kind of missing the fundamental basics to get somebody going. And yeah, for somebody like you, myself, probably ninety-eight percent of the people in chat, we've done enough that we can figure this out. But can you imagine a new person coming in and looking at it and going? Which key is that on the keyboard? Because you're giving me Xbox prompts. Right. Yeah, I don't know what that is. I had to hunt in the replay mode to figure out how to change the camera on the keyboard. Right. Because my wheel doesn't tell me where the X button is. So <laughs> oh, come on. We've all been guilty of escape, F1, F2, F3, oh, F4. <laughs> all all the way down pushing, the keyboard. <laughs> I started pushing buttons on my wheel, and I figure out that in replay mode, the buttons on the wheel are not mapped the same in replay. Oh, my. So Yeah, so there's not even a consistency. Yeah, it's like the X button in every other part of the game is not the X button in the replay. And so then I figured out, you know, punching the colon, semicolon button, you know, key would change the camera in replay. But I had to go on down the line. That's not fair to a new person to do. When you're Codemasters and you're making Dirt, Dirt Rally, Grid, F1... You have enough titles and representation or market share of the sim racing world. Jerry, that's only on the PlayStation. That they could have created the standard. (laughs) So with those four titles and one house, Cody's could have said, okay, from now on, here's what we're going to do. The X forever will be known as the eight button in PC world. You know, and they could have identified the PS4 and the Xbox controllers, given them fixed number locations or letters on the keyboard and said look we're going to do it for all four of our games and it's only a matter of time before somebody else is going to follow because it's going to start becoming common and we could put an end to all of that in a very very simple way if they just started adopting consistency but when you have inconsistency within the game again i dare say we're going further in the opposite direction um which doesn't help i mean i don't know how long you get when somebody buys a bunch of stuff before it needs to work, before they're going to sell that bunch of stuff and not try again. Like, Statistically, I, I, it's twice. <laughs> you know? And- Statistic, if you look at it, so what happened? like we can talk game industry for a second here. What usually happens is the first iteration comes out of a game and it's a lot of people really love it. So they buy the second one based off of the first one right they buy the second one it's not great the dev comes back and says we hear you we're gonna change and they get to the third iteration and it's not great either those people are never buying the fourth iteration That's of the, the game end so of the in line. two in two iterations of a bad product you lose the consumer and now right. you have to do something that actively shows you've redeemed yourself right and i do say that i think most gamers 
are forgiving. Like if somebody comes out, they won't buy it. But if somebody they they know says, I did get it, dude, it is awesome. Then they will buy it. But you still will not have the same reception level as you did for game number two. Because game number one was good. So game number two sales are better, but it's garbage. Right. That's that's just how it goes. You don't you don't really have that long to keep making the same missteps unless you're pigeonholed into, you know, some narrow market like sim racing. And then we just take whatever we get. <laughs> right. Yep. Yep. Well, and I mean, I'm guilty of that. I mean, I'm and I don't mind slamming this one, but I'm using Vegas for um, editing. And that's where all my troubles began. And I've had trouble with various different versions of Vegas over the years, enough to where I should have an opinion. I'm just not going to use their software. And yet every time I bring up Vegas, everybody is like, oh my God, Vegas is a piece of junk. And then I wonder to myself, how can they still be going then? How can they still be in business? When I've tried three or four versions, they were all junk. Everyone I've ever talked to calls it junk, and yet they keep making the title and selling enough to continue on somehow. I don't know. Actually, it's a different company who owns them now. It used to be yeah, Sony. Like Magix. Or yeah, like so that. someone was like, no, no, just Sony doesn't know what they're doing. We'll do it. We'll buy it from them. Sony, meanwhile, was like, yeah, this was like two years ago or so two three yeah. years ago and i'm only assuming sony was like you know we have this product and everyone hates us for it so let's dump it <laughs> i don't know i'm just saying just saying all right anything else on your mind billy strange i think we're good i think we yeah you yeah, have any big plans this weekend no after all this week, I, I don't have, I can't think of anything that I'm doing All right. besides normal, normal stuff, normal day to day stuff. Nothing big, nothing big. No. All right. Um, few, uh, things to let people know about tonight. We'll be racing the trucks for the last time. This is the last event in the dirt trucks. You got, well, the last for a while, not the last ever. We're going to run the pro four trucks at wild west motorsport park. Um, that's the one with the big hill, the big jump, the long track. Um, and we're going to do that at five thirty practice, six o'clock qualifying and race. If I can, I'll stream it. If I can't, I won't. Um, that I think I can handle. And then Sunday at 10 AM is the Simpit patron race number two for the month. We will do our t-shirt giveaway on that one. And that will be at 10 o'clock practice. 11 o'clock will be qualifying and race in the Skip Barber at an unannounced free road circuit in iRacing, but it won't be Laguna. So that does only narrow it down to a few options. But um, that's what's going on. Next week, we will not have a Beyond the Sim. I'll be out of town. I'll be gone. Um, I might be out of town the following weekend. I don't know yet. (laughs) (laughs) Whoops. So we we will have you have to tune into pit stops to find out what's happening in two weeks. I will be off the air for an entire week starting Wednesday, so it's going to be a little quiet around here. Um, I do have some content that might come out during that period of time, stuff that I'm editing, and will hopefully be able to release in my absence. Uh, beyond that, get out there and do some sim racing, everybody. <laughs> 
Try not to have PC problems. I yeah. think that's the theme of today's show. Uh, that's all I'm doing. Is It's made me a little disgruntled about like my rolling rig that I'm so proud of. I've now decided it's way too big and way too hard to move. So it's got to go. Oh, no. Um, so I'm, I'm looking at my next option there. Um, but I've also changed how I'm filming a few things. So it's like now I need to rethink everything, PC problems. Anyway, I'm spending the next five days basically trying to get everything sorted, go on vacation, and then come back to just a little normal for a little while, I'm hoping. <laughs> just a little normal. Slightly. So anyway, all right, you guys, that's going to do it for today's show. Billy, thank you for joining me. Good conversation. Yes, thank you. And that's going to do it for this one. Be sure to subscribe. Be sure to check out Billy Ra- Billy Strange Racing on YouTube. And be sure to check out Beyond the Sim on SoundCloud. I just got an iPhone. I'm, I'm running both. I'm doing a little comparison. Uh, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, and Stitcher. And it'll probably actually RSS. What is it? RSS feeds to others as yes, well. Yes. Yes. So in, pretty much any podcast place will probably get it at that point. So anyway, uh, get out there, do some sim racing, have yourselves a great weekend. We will be back maybe in two weeks, maybe in three weeks. We'll let you know on the pit stops coming up. That's going to do it for this one. Get out there, do some sim racing. This is Beyond the Sim. I'm Sean Cole. That's Billy Strange. And we will see you on the track. See ya.